Next on BYU Sports Nation, the thrill of a last-second victory and the agony of a last-second defeat, which evokes more emotion for BYU fans. BYU TV college basketball analyst Blaine Fowler offers his opinion on the high of highs and low of lows, plus the impact of the four new coaches in the West Coast Conference. One of the nation's top home run hitters in Studio B as well, and the coach of the 22nd-ranked BYU baseball Batcats, Mike Littlewood. No loss will hold him down. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, April 5th. Thank you. It's Plaid Day, every day. For Jerem Jordan. <laughs> it's, it's an okay thing, Tell man. Tell me when you're wearing plaid and then I won't. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with future BYU Broadcasting Hall of Fame nominee, Jerem Jordan. If there was such a thing, I would love to be a part of that, but that's not for me to decide, and you have to work here a long time. A long time. There's some unbelievable <laughs> people who have worked here. Yeah, what are the parameters Oh my gosh, to yeah. be a nominee? You have to be really good, so I don't qualify. Last night was Unbelievable. <sighs> What we saw from Villanova and North Carolina. How fun was that if you're a Villanova fan or a neutral fan? That, that was the greatest finish I had ever seen because I wasn't alive for the Houston-North Carolina finish, right? North Car- it was Houston-North Carolina State. North Carolina State. And or what, what year was that? 80, what year 83. Was that? Okay. The I, last no, time. I was, I was not alive. Okay. The last time an NCAA championship was decided on a buzzer beater. 1983. Crazy. Crazy finish. It was so fun as a, as a fan of sports. And we'll break this down in a moment. That was so awesome to watch. There, there, certain things in life can't evoke that kind of emotion for better or worse, right? That's why I like sports. Some are, some are more familiar with one side of that coin. But it brings out an unbelievable emotional reaction. And for Jay Wright... The Villanova coach to not react at all. Juddy faced he it. He is a robot. He is a robot. Because how do you not react in that moment? That's unbelievable. The reactions from last night's buzzer beater were fantastic. Starting with Jay Wright, who when the shot went up from Jenkins, he says, he mouths the word, bang. And then it goes in and he kind of just turns and starts walking towards Roy Williams and throws out his arms a little bit, looking at his team, and then gets mobbed by his assistant coaches. His, his emotions... I don't know how he did I, that. I would, I would react so strongly in an exhibition game if that happened, let alone for the national championship. At least your arm's up, you know. Do oh. something. He is a cyborg. He is a cyborg, and the police need to look into this. <laughs> Speaking of police, the security guard <laughs> moment that is now going viral across the internet. There's this, this Eyes video. popping out of his head. What it, like, like He's the mask, facing the Jim crowd, Carey. and he, like, he has to look at the video board because his back is turned to the game because he's a good security guard. And he sees it, and then it just becomes like this, oh. <laughs> now, the fun thing is Dave Rose was there, his wife Cheryl, uh, you know, some of the coaches from BYU. Uh, family of the Roses, you know, sons and daughters were there. So they got to take that in firsthand. They were, they were at that game. It, it's kind of a common thing for college basketball coaches. You know, there's a convention uh, that weekend, you know, last weekend and everything. And, 
And so they were there. Dave Rose saw that in person. Does Tom Dave, Homo was there and saw it in person. Does Dave Rose understand the emotions of North Car- Carolina oh. better than anyone else? Yes. He, yeah, he was on the end of that. That's right. He was on the other side of that with Houston in 1983. Good grief. <sighs> what, would, what did you do? What was your reaction? Oh, jumped up and screamed. Oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. My five-month-old is fast asleep on the couch. My wife's holding him. My four-year-old is like, Daddy, put me in bed. And I'm like, just hang on, hang on, hang on. The game's almost over. And then that happened. It was the silent exuberation where it was just like, and Brittany just laughed at me. But uh, I just like walked around the room with my arms up. I couldn't, I couldn't say anything. But it was unbelievable. Unreal. Tom Holmo, BYU Athletic Director, was one of many there to watch it live. 75,000? He, he sent out the following tweet. Actually, one more year, he said, I'm serving on the Hoops Committee, so this isn't the final year he will be doing the NCAA tournament selection. What do you say y'all join me in Phoenix for the Cougs in the Final Four? We don't use the words BYU (laughs) and Final Four in the same sentence. Okay, just let it happen. I don't want any disappointment associated with any potential season because it wasn't in the Final Four. I need something stronger than the 4K blue goggles for that. Yeah, that's... That would be unbelievable. Could it happen? Sure. I'm not going to expect it, though. Here are I'm not t- going to set up for failure. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN's Jeff Goodman reports BYU basketball will play USC at Staples Center in Los Angeles on December 3rd. Gonzaga will play Arizona there as well, back-to-back. A couple of great games. Blaine Fowler will discuss this and other things dealing with the West Coast Conference in the next segment. Baseball team lost 11-5 to Arizona yesterday. Breaking news, the baseball team lost a game. Only their fourth loss of the year. Crazy, right? Brendan Anderson, however, made a diving catch that was number six on SportsCenter's top ten if you missed it. It was fantastic. In fact, you were talking to Mike Littlewood during the game when that happened. Mike Littlewood will join us coming up. We'll talk about that, among other things. San Diego this weekend. Our Saturdays around that. We'll bring that out later. It is a crazy one. The Cougars climb to number 22 in the writers' poll, 19 in the coaches' poll, and Colton Shaver is the West Coast Conference Playa of the Week. Yeah, in that moment, Mike Littlewood was kind of a cyborg as well because my reaction is like, <laughs> oh, what a play! And he's like, yeah, that was a great play. That was an out. That was, that was a great play by Brendan. Brigham. Yeah, he's just so, <laughs> he's so in the moment. He had he's to very pa- composed guy. He had to pause us for a second and be like, hey, sorry, guys. Colton! He's like yelling, like, yeah, he has to, is. he's got to coach the game. It's not, like, it's not like when BYU's in the field, he's like, he's not Terry Nash if when BYU's on defense, just kind of hanging out right until they get the ball back. <laughs> BYU softball hosting a doubleheader against Southern Utah tonight, 7 Eastern. You can watch that live on BYU TV. The second game will start at approximately 9 Eastern. And between games, uh, we have a Best of BYU Sports Nation coming up today as well. Uh, men's volleyball is the new number one team in the country in the latest AVCA coaches poll. We, we told you that would probably happen. Jake Langlois is the MPSF Player of the Week as well. BYU hosts two against USC to finish the regular season Friday and Saturday, 9 Eastern time. We're number one. So rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU's one shining moment, as we just profiled. Last night, the nation, and in some parts of the world, a moment united sports fans. It's what makes sports so great and unpredictable and the only true reality television show. You can't script it. It was amazing. 
Chris Jenkins' iconic game-winning three-pointer to lift Villanova over North Carolina 77-74 just moments after North Carolina's Marcus Page hit like this circus double-clutch three, levitating to tie the game at 74. First buzzer beater, as we said, to win a national championship since 83, and then the conversations begin. Greatest national championship game ever? It might be. It's in the conversation just because of yeah, how fantastic. that came down. The highest of highs for Villanova and the lowest of lows for North Carolina. BYU has been on both sides of it. I know it. Except with the national championship part of it. Jerem knows it. Wait a second. Well, yeah, not in the last moment, but that last final few I minutes mean, of the 84 Jer- championship game were a little bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, not on the agonies part yes. of a losing that. Yes. Anyway, we all know it. Both sides. Jerem knows it. You know it. We all know it. That brings us to today's Twitter question. What evokes the greater emotion, the thrill of a BYU victory or the agony of a BYU defeat? Use hashtag BYUSN. At JTracy2511, I don't think I've ever felt both so strongly as I did during the Nebraska game. What else have we felt? Uh, when else have we felt both in the same game? Now that's interesting because... There are a few different angles there. Like the Taysom Hill injury is, what? You didn't know until after the game, most people, that he was out... Um, for the rest of the game. We found out at halftime, and so watching the second half was interesting, to say the least, emotionally, right? Yet, BYU has the Hail Mary and wins that game. That was the pick-me-up for us. <sighs> yeah, I, I still had a hard time, though, because I knew Taysom Hill was out for the year, and I was having a hard time with the reality of the whole season, right? But yeah, the thrill of uh, BYU victory, the agony of a BYU defeat. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Take the last eight months for BYU Athletics, starting with that Nebraska game. Then BYU Basketball. Nate Austin blocks that shot at Gonzaga to seal things. Danny Ainge. Let's go further back into the NCAA tournament. The layup to beat Notre Dame and Digger Phelps and get to the Elite Eight, the furthest BYU's ever been. These are great moments. The Manga Miracle at Nebraska. I mean... The Dell of a Dagger, which I thought thought we'd burn this footage. It's on BYU TV. Oh, I, I can't watch this. (laughs) <laughs> Cut it off! Just turn it off! Please, please change it. Why do we still have that footage <laughs> for this conversation? Okay, the interception to lose in double overtime for BYU ah! football in the Miami Beach Bowl. 55-48. Mid-90s college football. 34-31. 55 yard field goal by Utah yeah. of all teams to yeah. beat BYU in Provo. Notice we're not showing that. Right now on BYU TV, we're showing the Las Vegas Bowl. The blocked field goal to win 17-16. Then BYU's come back in Lavelle's final game to beat Utah. McMahon to Brown, Jerem. Yeah, so so many wonderful moments, right? I would rather rather have the thrill. Okay, for me, the answer to this is the thrill. Here's why. Especially with the situation like North Carolina. For them, okay... For them, they had fun getting to that point. And they'll remember that. They'll remember the agony more. But they won five games. They got trophies. They, they got swag. They were featured. They were right there, right? But to be so close yeah. and have it snatched away. Yeah. No, that's a terrible feeling. But to me, the thrill, yeah, the thrill is greater than the agony because so much, so much positivity. Didn't we learn from the epic tale, The Green Lantern, featuring Ryan Reynolds, that the number one uh, power in the universe is fear, but that actually that that is overcome by good, right? So the thrill is greater than the agony. In fact, the, the nickname, the motto of this television station is see the good in the world. So I see the thrill in the sports world. That's what I see. 
the thrill of a last-second victory or the crushing blow of a last-second defeat? There's no right answer here. What has the stronger emotion? What evokes the stronger emotion in all of you, BYU Sports Nation? This is an interesting topic, and I have seen answers all over the map. For me, no question, I, I'm an optimistic guy. And so I remember the crazy good moments more than I remember, you know, the, the Dell of a Dagger. Like, that hurt, but it didn't, it didn't linger with me the way that, let's say, John Beck to Johnny Harleen did. Now, if Utah had one on a half-court buzzer beater, maybe that would maybe it would right? Maybe it because would. It's, it's all Mary's, situational. It's not Utah, right? It's all situational. Yeah. Yet, there must needs be an opposition in all things. <laughs> so there is an agony with the thrill, right? It's what that, makes the high so high. There's so much risk. There's so much risk when you play sports, right? Because you're going to have this unbelievable emotional feeling, or you're not. Like, like I, watch, I watch politics with great interest. I'm, I'm not super into politics, but those that aren't into sports get it in politics. That's the closest thing they have to that emotion, right? This, this event where we gather as a community, we celebrate or we agonize over certain things, right? Sports presents that w- very often. I am disconnected to Villanova, North Carolina, yet I had a strong emotional reaction. It is fun that way. Enter at your own risk, sports fans. You will have some great moments and some Horrible moments, but it's so fun. I love it. That's Com- the risk. Yes. Yeah. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What evokes the greater emotion in you? The thrill of a BYU victory or the agony of a BYU defeat? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Spencer Run underscore four underscore nine. <laughs> Wow, that's a great that's a great username. The answer is <laughs> was this you? Your it depends on how it happened. A last second win or loss robs me of time to enjoy or hate the moment. Yeah, that was a conversation we had with this too because the, the, we wanted it to be a uh, you know a moment as opposed to winning fifty nine nothing against UCLA or right, losing fifty four ten against Utah. Like the, those are kind of moment elongated uh, being eaten alive. <laughs> By a raptor kind of situations, <laughs> right? Like that the worst. terrible. Yeah. Like you're the little kid in Jurassic Park as he's describing the raptor. You know what I'm talking about? His eyes. <laughs> Coming up, college basketball analyst, the always fabulous Blaine Feller, on which emotion reigns supreme for him? Thrilling victory or crushing defeat? BYU Sports Nation, back to work, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, and whenever you feel like it, use the hashtag BYUSN to join our ongoing conversation. We've got a doubleheader today, softball starting at 7 Eastern time against Southern Utah on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Check it out, Spencer Linton's got a couple of games tonight. What evokes the greater emotion, the thrill of a BYU victory or the agony of a BYU defeat? At Cougar Stats tweeting in, I just about passed out from yelling so hard with Beck to Harleen, didn't say a thing with Della Vodova, and just turned off the TV. (laughs) That's a great reaction. (laughs) You and I were next to each other for Beck to Harleen on the field. Uh, So was Blaine, who we'll talk to in a second. He was a sideline reporter on that game. But you just kept saying to me, 
Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just remember that part. Like four times, yeah. I ruined everyone's sound by like around with their camera, the nap mics. Oh, there was a lot of yelling. Don't Holy worry. Holy cow! From both sides. That was amazing. That was, was amazing. There was a, a wailing and a gnashing of teeth. Do you know why that was so fantastic? It's because BYU had lost BYU four won. years in a row. <laughs> That's why it was fantastic. They had lost to Utah four years in a row, yeah. and they were on the cusp of losing again, only to pull it away in Salt Lake City. It was poetic in so many ways, which is why I was like, We could spend an entire show the about The high the of highs. Play. Let's find out what Blaine Fowler thinks, our dual threat analysts on college basketball and college football. We're going to start with... Your reaction last night to the crazy finish from Villanova. Chris Jenkins hits the buzzer beater, and we start thinking about, man, both sides. Thrilling victory, crushing defeat. What did you think about all of that? Well, I feel bad for the, the – well, crushing defeat – I don't think lasts as long. I think the thrill of victory, you live on that forever and ever. We, we've conditioned ourselves as fans and as players that, hey, when you have a crushing defeat, you've got to put it behind you. So you do. You, you agonize over it, and then you go, okay, we just got to turn the page. But the thrill of victory, we relive that forever and ever. Like, we don't go back as BYU fans, and we don't watch the field goals that were made by Utah in all those 34-31 games. We don't go look at that. We go look at the doink field goal. <laughs> 98. We go look at the doink. Which by, right. And we go back and we watch Danny go over the top of Orlando Woolridge. We go back and we watch Beck to Harling. We relive the thrill of victory over and over and over again. And as fans, we just put the, the bad ones behind us. How about that one right there with Tyler Haas? Yeah, it's just, but then, then we go, there's the game winner. No, thank you. Della Vidova. Oh. Are you kidding me with that? But we learn to put that behind us. It's how we condition ourselves as fans, and we learn to live the great plays over and over and over again. That one, that, uh, and, and the people that are just listening don't know what we're watching because this is a simulcast, but we, we just watched the blocked field goal against UCLA. That had special significance to me because – um, Kellen was out on the field, and he was playing in that game. And, and I thought, oh, no, here we go. They've got the best kicker in the United States. Kai Forbath. They're, they're going to make this thing, and, and it's going to be heartbreaking because BYU's out in the lead, and now they're going to give it up at the end. And, uh, and when that block came, I, I was watching Kellen. He was coming off the edge. He didn't block it. Uh, Ethan Montemaliuna did. But I saw Kellen just drop down to his knees and look up at the heavens, and I was like, Yes. <laughs> now we can rewatch that one forever. Um, and and I have a little different perspective on the Beck to Harleen one because I'm down behind the goalpost getting ready to interview either Kyle Whittingham or Bronco Mendenhall. That's my job, immediately following the game. I'm the first person that gets to talk to one of those guys. I'm trying to formulate the questions I'm going to have, and I don't know who's going to win. So that's agonizing in and of itself. Well, who do I talk to and what do I ask, right? <laughs> so Utah comes down and they score. I'm standing right next to Brady Whittingham. That's Kyle's little brother and good friend. I lived with a Whittingham. So, so Brady looks up at the clock, and he sees how much time is left on the clock after Utah scored, and he looked at me and he goes, crap. I go, what? What crap? And he goes, that's way too much time. Crap. They're going to lose this thing now. And, and, <laughs> and 15. prophetic or profile, whatever the word is, he, they go right down the field systematically. And John Beck with the Beck to Harleen as time expires. And, and so that, that one was kind of a different view for me. But I, I think the thrill of victory lasts forever. The agony of defeat, it tears your heart out. But you put it behind you. That's what you have to do. And for North Carolina folks last night, they thought they had it. 
They thought they were at least going to OT, right? Yeah, that was a better shot. That was an unbelievable shot. It was a better shot than the last shot other than the last shot won the game. That For him to like kind of double clutch in the air was crazy. and hold that ball and knock it down, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. Game winner. No, not well, the game well, winner. Well, yeah, tied and, the game. And somebody should have been like Brady Whittingham on the North Carolina side and go and look up and go, crap, they're going to get one more shot. They <laughs> still, they still have a chance to win this yeah. thing. And so, yeah, no, I've been part of – a lot of thrilling victories that are just etched etched in my mind. I, Kyle, in a great place, Kyle Morrell over the top at Hawaii to preserve a national championship. Best defensive play in the history of BYU. The SMU game. Eddie Stinnett throwing it back to Steve Young to win the game. Uh, you know, so many on the sideline for the back to Harleen, um, in the booth for the Andrew George touchdown in overtime. Being, you know, on that game. Um, so I've called and I've been involved in a lot of huge plays. I, Heck, it seemed like every game Jimber played in was a huge moment. You know, yeah. I, and sometimes it's not end of game plays. One of my favorite calls ever uh, as as a broadcaster was Jimmer making a half court shot at Utah, and that play. Sometimes when the, when Sports Center takes the top ten, um, they will take your audio or they won't. They'll just take the video and they'll that talk over. That happened yesterday. Uh- Right, number six with Brendan Anderson. So they took our audio. So it was my call, and and so I'm watching Sports Center top ten, and I'm thinking that play at halftime of Jimmer's is going to be top ten. Well, it was number one, and then they just went, let's listen, and it was our call, and there I am, number one on sport. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I rode Jimmer's coattails to get there, and I just, and <laughs> we I just, all did, I remember saying he made it, and Jimmer just turned around like it was nothing. You're like, yeah. and I said, th- I said, yep. That's Jimmer's right now going, yep, I'm Jimmer Fredette. That's what I do. I make shots. And he just walked off the court. And that was, that was the call. And, and so I've been a part of a lot of them. I remember all of the thrills. They're just etched in my mind forever. And I, I put those, those heartbreakers behind me. I don't remember those that much. That's the most convincing argument I've hear, heard yet via Twitter or, or here because mentally to cope and you not be turn depressed it. You turn the constantly, page. yes, you have to move on psychologically, emotionally from those moments. So, As fans, we have to yeah. be cornerbacks. As fans, we yes. have to be cornerbacks or quarterbacks. When you throw a pick in a game as a quarterback, you just have to go, oh, well, that was I, – I can't even think about that. If I think about that, it's going to tear me apart. I just have to move forward. A corner has a touchdown thrown over the top of me. has to go, oh, whatever. I don't care anymore about that. That happened. i got to focus now. That's what we do as fans. We forget the bad. We remember the good. At He-Man underscore Hyde, <laughs> I accidentally backed my car into my sister's car as I left the house in blind rage when the Vegas Bowl was 35 to nothing, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's those stories, too. <laughs> Joining us in Studio B is Blaine Fowler. We're going to talk some more college basketball with specifics to BYU. Amidst all of this madness last night in the NCAA championship game, found out a few hours earlier that BYU has scheduled a non-conference game next year at Staples Center in Los Angeles, the home of the Lakers and the Clippers, against USC. Now, this this was a situation where BYU had trouble finding good games at the last minute coming into this season. This is an early sign that the strength of schedule will be a little bit better, Blaine. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I believe the talent influx that's coming in prepares BYU to face this non-conference schedule. So USC, Colorado, Weber State, Illinois, Utah State, Utah Valley. That's a really, really good blend that we have right now on that preseason schedule. With that schedule, I look at it and go, there's not any reason why BYU shouldn't beat every one of those teams with what they've got coming in. So I I look at it and go, is there anybody there that's so imposing that I think, oh, well, there's, there's a potential loss? I don't see one. 
right now in the non-conference schedule. Yet, I believe there's enough big names, and I like the addition of SC. You know what I like, too? It's a doubleheader with Gonzaga playing Arizona. Yeah. I like that the Zags get to play Arizona. That's good. And we don't have to play Arizona. I would love to have Because typically Arizona they're better though. than USC. Yeah. But SC is a big enough name, and that's a, a doubleheader in the Staples Center, a great experience for the fans and for our players. But it also is one that the whole nation is going to have their eyes on. And if BYU comes out, and with the influx of talent, with Eric Mika back out there, with, with the Haas in the lineup, with um, Dastrip playing, people, if they whomp USC in that game, people are going to go, oh, wow, they just got all this talent back. This is, this is a big-time program. We heard about what was coming back, and now, now on a national stage they get to show everybody. That could launch BYU into, uh, into the national presence and conscience um, right there at the beginning of the season. So I love that game. I love that it's a doubleheader. I love the Zags in Arizona playing in it. And how about if the WCC just sweeps the Pac-12 in that one? Fantastic. That would, that that would, would be fun. That would be nice. That just, would be fun. And Gonzaga is going to be good. It's just how good. That's that's what their program is. So yeah. does uh, Sabonis go pro? Yeah, please, hey, DeMontis, please go pro. You're I want him to, st- I I want think, to stay. I, get I want, out of here! I want Karnowski pro, and, and so, because Wilcher's gone. You know, and so so I, I want, want Sabonis back. I want Sabonis and Karnowski back oh, man. because think about that battle with Mika Kafusi, um, Dastrip. BYU's finally gonna have a front line to match up with those giants. You know, and they don't have Wilcher, and maybe maybe Dastrip is the Wilcher because he's, he's a big that can go out and shoot threes, and he's really skilled. And he can play. That's the that's the guy nobody talks about because everybody we're all familiar with Mika because he played. We all know Hawes because he played alongside Emery on that national championship team. The guy that nobody thinks about is is Dastrip because he played down in Arizona and he committed to Ohio State. So let's keep this in mind: when Ohio State offers guys scholarships, every guy they offer they think is an NBA guy. So that's how talented this young guy is. So and, the, and then Yoli Child is. It's kind of under the radar as well. Yeah, people don't, you know, they, they don't talk about him. They talk about the the Lone Peak guys, but there's some other pieces to this. And how about the Elon transfer, Eli Bryant? Come on, he's, I mean, this is an good. unbelievably we've, we've talented seen him team. In practice. And, and we've got legit. we've got to understand that it's a new collection of talent. They're going to have to find themselves a little bit, but they're really talented. And I don't want to put any pressure on this coaching staff, but I the next step is to get to a Sweet 16. I believe that happens next season. Next season, yeah. And then then after that, wow. Who knows? Is it Final Four talent? It could be. It depends on how these guys come back from their missions. But before their missions, that's Final Four talent. You never know how guys are going to focus and what they're going to do coming back. But but if they can if they can live up to the potential they had before their missions and have the work ethic and all of that and be who we thought they could be, this could be a Final Four team two or three years from now. Next year, come on. If, we, if they get to the Sweet 16 with a new collection of talent, that's going to be a great accomplishment. I think they have the capability to do it. Joining us now in Studio B is Blaine Fowler, dual-thread analyst on BYU TV for college basketball and football. Let's finish up with the four new coaches that have been hired in the West Coast Conference. I mean, it has been wiped out, and there are some big-time names coming in, notably Damon Stoudemire, former point guard for the Trail Blazers. He's the head coach of Pacific now. Terry Porter, another Trail Blazers point guard, is the head coach of the Pilots Terry of Porter Portland. was on my wall growing up on a Blazers poster the whole time, so that's awesome. The guys are going to be head coaches in the WCC. Herb Sendek comes from Arizona State to Santa Clara, and Kyle Smith leaves Columbia to take over at San Francisco. So this is, this is what the West Coast Conference wanted. Yeah, this, these are big names. You know, and they've got great coaching experience. We know that Herb Sendak has got a lot of experience, and and uh, and he can coach. Um, the one that nobody talks about is Kyle Smith, and he has the most experience 
He was at St. Mary's for a number of years, so he understands this conference. Of all those we just mentioned, he's the one that nobody knows who he is, and he may be, may be the most prepared to coach in this league. He <laughs> understands this league. He understands the road. He understands all of that. But, but those, are, those are big names. I'm a little bit sad because, because over time, Ron Verlin has become a good friend of all of us, and they've been great to work with. And Eric Reveno, we love Eric. Rex Walters has, has really come around and, and become a really, really good close friend. And then Kerry Keating's been fantastic to work with at Santa Clara. So these are coaches that have been really good to us at BYU TV and have been open with us, and, and, and they're great to work with. So this, this, I'm a little, it's a little bittersweet. I'm excited for the big names, and I think it'll bring a lot of attention to the league. Um, I think it'll help recruiting for those programs. Um, but I'm sad to say goodbye to guys that are really good friends. Blaine, great stuff as always. We discussed everything from the thrill of victory to crushing defeats to the new look West Coast Conference coaches, and we'll do it again soon, man. Thanks, man. One of my favorite coaches in the whole world is in the building right now. Right there. Oh, snap. And that takes us to... Blaine wants a t-shirt or something. No, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Our guest coming up after the break, Mike that is, Littlewood What people don't B. know is one of the greatest college basketball officials in the country. Fantastic. I always loved working games. We never got to do a BYU game together, but I did a lot of other games for ESPN and NBC, and, and, and Mike did too. Fantastic basketball official. And how about as a baseball coach? My heavens, we're... BYU is next. back, baby. <laughs> Blaine's taking us to break. Is that Clark Kent or Mike Littlewood? I can't. <laughs> Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check it out. Thursday night, BYU baseball against San Diego. A really, really big series in West Coast Conference play. San Diego typically kind of the team to beat. Uh, that's Thursday, 8 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We will also have the game on Saturday. We won't have the game Friday. We're doing the volleyball match. So Thursday and Saturday of that series. I guess we'll make room for the number one ranked BYU volleyball team. It's a good problem when you have uh, a bunch of ranked teams on campus. Rugby, number one. Volleyball, number one. Baseball, Number 19 or 22, depending on which poll you look at. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with basketball. ESPN's Jeff Goodman reporting that BYU will play USC at Staples Center on December 3rd in a doubleheader, which will also feature Gonzaga and Arizona, unofficially the WCC Pac-12 Challenge. Yeah, and USC, by the way, was 50th in the RPI at the end of the season and went to the NCAA tournament, so that's a good game. The baseball team lost 11-5 to Arizona yesterday. Brennan Anderson made a diving catch that was number 6 on SportsCenter's top 10. The Cougars climbed to 22 in the Riders, pull 19 in the coaches. Colton Shaver, WCC Player of the Week. Head coach Mike Littlewood, as was announced by Blaine Fowler, will join us in about 15 seconds. Not before <laughs> we remind you that BYU softball has a doubleheader against Southern Utah at Gale Miller Field tonight, starting at 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Between Game 1 and Game 2, we'll have a BYU Sports Nation special. Watch McKenna Bowl. She's going for what could be a third no-hitter this season. We sure hope so, because we assumed that that was when we... Uh... You know, recorded that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Men's volleyball is ranked number one in the country in the latest ABCA coaches poll. Jake Langlois, the MPSF Player of the Week. Now to the head baseball coach of BYU baseball, 19th ranked team in the country according to the USA Today coaches poll, 22nd sure in the writers poll, and rocking some sweet glasses, coach. I never knew how handsome you guys were. 
I thought you looked like Cabbage Patch dolls to me until oh. I got these. Oh, my goodness. Your favorite dance move. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's all good. No yeah. contacts today, or what happened? No, I'm trying to get used to these. These are new. I didn't realize how bad my vision was mm. until I got these, and it's like, whoa, it's a whole new world. This yeah. is awesome. Okay. Yeah. Isn't so. it amazing, the detail that's available? Yeah, I, I totally forgot. <laughs> so when you were a ref, you had bad vision? Is that what you're saying? It, it, I saw double, but that didn't really. It was all, it was clear. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. So Jerem was a fan yesterday at the game and uh, oh, yeah. had so, an interesting perspective. So I went to the game. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to sit. So I was like, hey, I'll sit on the first row, you know, but behind the the bench almost. So I I sit down and, and and I said, hey, can I sit here? And a lady said, yeah, if you are nice to my husband on your show. And I said, who's your husband? And she said, oh, Mike Littlewood. I was like, oh, hey, Danny, what's up? So she was nice to me and she allowed yeah. me to sit there. That that was really nice for her. she's she's uh, kind of my bodyguard. And she's the first person to – I know if the umpires aren't doing a great job, she'll be the first ones on it because she, she gets baseball. I mean, we've been married 30 years and dated a couple years before that. And clear back to American Legion baseball, she was, she's was she been yelling at umpires, so it's all good. <laughs> Did she yell yesterday? Uh, I, think, I think I heard her a little bit, yeah. She, she was right behind me in that department. Because yeah. so. the fun part about sitting on the first row is I can hear what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. for better or worse, right? Yeah, it was all good yesterday. Yeah, so it, it's fun to hear the interaction with the umpires at that point. How do, how, do you, um, how do you argue in a productive way? Because you, I was surprised by how composed you were. You, yeah. you weren't like, ang- you, were, you were intense, but not angry. Well, I mean, what, what really gets to me are umpires or officials, doesn't matter, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter, who have egos who are better than they think they are. And I'm not saying anything specific, but that's just what gets me. If a guy is egotistical, but he can back it up and he's really good, I just let him go because really what we want is a, a game called fairly on both sides and he's consistent. Um, you know, things got it, – it wasn't too bad yesterday, but I just thought – one, I, I looked at the video today and there was a missed call at second base and I thought, I thought there was a swing, so I just wanted to let him know – um, kind of my feelings about the whole thing. And, and we had a little conversation when I went out to third um, to extend a little bit, and then it was good after that for the next six innings. So we got our emotions out. Crucial conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Littlewood with us in Studio B, the head baseball coach at BYU. I always enjoy our fourth inning conversations. I don't know how much you enjoy them because <laughs> you have to coach the game. And you had, you had to pause us for a second. Hey, sorry, guys, for a second. Colton, move. <laughs> Do this. Shift yeah. this way. Um, and you were also on headset for the, the Brennan Anderson catch, which was number six on SportsCenter's awesome. top ten. That was Great catch. How, how do you handle balancing all of that in a baseball game? Well, usually there's not a whole lot to do. But yesterday we had Daniel Schneeman at third base. And so my responsibility is to move infielders. Coach Herring moves the outfielders. And so you kind of have a little bit of an inexperienced guy in Colton Shaver playing first because Chauncey's been out. And we, we wanted to get Daniel Schneeman some time. So we started him at third base. So I'm kind of just moving those guys, especially with a team like Arizona who likes to drag bunt, push bunt. Um, it was imperative to get those guys in the right spots, and Colton was in the wrong spot, um, and I just wanted to, to get him set. But usually there's not a whole lot to do. It's not like basketball where you're coaching every time. You know, A, a lot of our stuff's done in practice and, and preparation, and you let them go play. But yesterday with, with uh, kind of rookie corner guys, it's, it was more imperative that I was in the game just a tad more. What did you see yesterday uh, in the game that led to Arizona winning 11-5? Well, I, thought, I felt like they had a sense of urgency to win. Coach Johnson, uh, who, who uh, recruited my son to San Diego, so I, we go way back with him, but um, he threw their best guy at us. Um, they, he was their closer, Dahlbeck, All-American third, third baseman closer, and I think 
with our RPI being as high as it is, he thought that this was an imperative game for him to win um, as we as he looked to try to get a, a bit of the regionals and seeding in the regionals. And so I was completely surprised that he went, that Dahlbeck went through 135 pitches. Eight innings. Unbelievable <laughs> to me. I bet you he hasn't thrown over 40 pitches this year, I'm guessing. Um, but he's come out of the pen. And so we kind of knew that it was not panic time for him, but they, you know, they just, they had a better pitcher on the mound than, than we could provide on our side. We just, we didn't pitch it very well. We did all we could on the hitting side to keep up, but um, ultimately our pitchers threw, threw it up in the zone a little bit too much and their hitters made us pay for that. How do you bounce back? Because baseball's so finicky like that. Like it, it's all situational and you play so many games. So you kind of got to have a, this this quick this short term memory. Yeah, so you got to start again on Thursday against San Diego, and uh, we'll get into the the details of that in just a bit. But how do you bounce back from a loss like that? Well, and I I told our guys uh, after in the clubhouse after that we need to forget this game. We didn't play our best. We came out a little flat. Not that they didn't want to be there and didn't compete because I thought they did, but I felt like Arizona had more of a sense of urgency about the game than we did. Um, and if we just come out and play with our normal intensity and, and our pitchers do their job out of the pen, and it's funny, just on a side note, I get I got a couple texts or, or, uh, quote, or comments on Twitter like, hey, why didn't you want to throw Rucker? You know, why didn't Rucker I was, throw? I was going to ask you to explain <laughs> yeah. that because there's a reason there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you know, it, it was kind of a, I don't want to be rude, but it was kind of an ignorant question because if you don't follow baseball, you know Mike Rucker on our team is is our opening weekend starter. So yesterday was Mike Mike's bullpen day. So usually in a bullpen, he'll go on the side and throw 25 to 30 pitches and work on different things. But we we always give those guys an option if they want to throw in a game, if there's a game that day, to throw in the game. And that's what Mike opted to do. And, and even though he threw seven pitches, I don't know how many pitches he threw. Nine or something. He yeah. wanted to go back out for another one. But, you know, 20 pitches in a game is much different than 30 pitches on the side. And I'd, I'd much rather have him fresh. So he could have gone maybe two, but that's all. Uh, that, was his, that was his side work for the week. Uh, and then we're, we were just trying to keep it, piece it together and keep everybody healthy and ready for the weekend. Conference play greater than non-conference play. That's the clearly, idea, right? Clearly, Yeah, you want to win – I mean, we have huge games on on our midweek games. Utah, Utah Valley, Arizona, obviously a big game with 2,800 people there. We obviously wanted to win, but not at the expense of running Mike Rucker out there for seven innings and then not having him for the weekend. I mean, that would be silly. You've got to see the big picture. Absolutely, yeah. San Diego comes into town this weekend, and before we get into that, let's roll out our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is an astounding 0-15 against San Diego as a member of the West Coast Conference. Now, several of these games were incredibly close. Your first season, 2-2, 1-1, 3, two of those in extra innings. Yeah, at San Diego. At San Diego. Chris Bryant, number one pick in the draft. What is it about San Diego that has been so tough for BYU? You know, it's amazing. We've, we always play great against Loyola Marymount, and they just... They just beat San Diego two out of three last week, and they, they, they do that pretty much every year. They play well against San Diego. And I think just coming in before I came in, I've never had this with any of my teams. It's almost like, oh, we, we, why even play these games? You know, they're they're going to beat us already. <laughs> and wow. So it, it's, it's been kind of a culture change. You know, that's the whole thing that we've been trying to do here is change the culture to where when you walk on the field, you expect to win no matter who it is. And we have that feeling right now, and I feel like we're, we're a team that should, should win the series against them. You have to come out and, and prove that, though. Uh, but this is the first time, really, last year we lose. So Chris Bryant beats us on a home run twice. 
um, where we had to pitch to him. We were in situations where we had to pitch to him. Obviously, we know when to pitch around people and when not to. But he, I mean, he hurt us, and that's why he's in the big leagues right now. But uh, you know, and last year we we have a lead in the eighth, give up a home run with with our best guy, you know, who's with the Yankees right now, Colt Mahoney. He comes in in the eighth, gives up a home run. We have a lead in the ninth, and then they score again. So. I mean, we're, the gap's closing. We're getting closer. And, again, we just have to come out and play the games. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, to, to us, the 0-15 is, like Blaine Fowler said, we forget all the bad stuff. Absolutely. You, you turned the corner against Pacific. So that was a team that had, in Ralph Zobel, your sports information director's words, had had BYU's number. You won 2-3 or three against Pacific. Now you have an opportunity against San Diego to do the same starting on Thursday. I do want to ask you today's Twitter question, which deals with emotions. Thrilling victories, last second. You've experienced a few of those uh, getting into the West Coast Conference Tournament your first year on a home run. And last year, Jarrett Jarvis had a big home run. And then the crushing defeat when Chris Bryant hits the home run against you. What lasts longer in your memory? What evokes the stronger emotion? The, the losses, clearly. I mean... Last night, I mean, every single I, – I never sleep well after a loss. Last night, you know, if you put it in the, in the big term of the season, in, in uh, the big picture, last night or yesterday's loss wasn't that big of a deal. It's big because it's a loss. But to me, I mean, the guys woke up today and like, hey, we're still 23-4, and four, whatever we are, you know. They're okay with it. But, man, I had night, nightmares about they, they took the Portland series away from us and we lost the – I mean, crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Crazy stuff going through my mind. Had yeah. some licorice it's and you different. Took away the Portland series. <laughs> it is weird. It's different as a coach than it was as a player. <laughs> we need to get you a sleep yeah. therapist or yeah. something. <laughs> Somebody help Mike. One more, sleep one more prescription of Ambien. Maybe those glasses will help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See. It, yeah, it's crazy. Bad. So losses for sure. Yeah. Mike, good luck against San Diego. We always appreciate the time. Have a good time. Thanks, talking, guys. Man. All right. Thanks. That's Up the worst next. Saturday we've ever had. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Thanks yes, for bringing that up. That is, that is the crushing defeat of all stat of the day. You've never beaten San Diego. <laughs> Until this week. Let's give you some karma for yeah, that. Karma. By the way. BYU Sports Station karma. Extra, the BYU and Mike Littlewood. Libby Sugg, softball catcher, one of the best home run hitters in the country, joins us next. Baller. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from the Studio Bizzle. Got to get one a week, bro. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Except, is, is that tonight? Yeah, it is tonight. That works. That will lead right into <laughs> 7 Eastern tonight, Southern Utah and BYU doubleheader. Southern Utah and BYU and softball. Check it out. With BYU Sports Nation in between the two games. It's a pregame BYU show. BYUSN softball. But it's not. Except it is, because we have Libby Sugg. BYU I don't know what's softball, going on. Yes. Back. One of the top home run hitters in the entire country, freshman star Libby Sugg. Yeah. Catcher for she BYU softball. Awesome. Libby, she welcome to awesome. Studio B. I'm happy to be here. How did you get from BYU, or to BYU, from Tennessee? I think only the second player ever from, from Tennessee. How did that happen? Um, well, I didn't really actually want to go to BYU. My mom kind of, <gasps> I know, I know it's crazy, but I grew up in the church and I always knew about BYU, but you know, the goal is like playing the SEC. And so I told my parents like, that's where I want to play. That's where I want to go. My mom said, you're going to camp. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, fine, mom. <laughs> and I got here and I fell in love with it. Just the atmosphere, the scenery is beautiful. Like you can't beat that. And the coaching staff and the players. And I just loved it. You have a Tennessee necklace on, so there's a lot of pride there, right? Yes, I love Tennessee. <laughs> okay, I noticed you're from Franklin. Yeah. I love Paramore, oh, the yeah. band, Haley Williams for the win, right? <laughs> They're from she's 
She's from Franklin. She is. What's up, what's up with Franklin? And you said Miley Cyrus is from she Franklin. She also is from Franklin. Now that's something else, I guess. Uh, what's, up, <laughs> what's up with Franklin being awesome? It's the greatest place. I plan to move back there when I get done with college. And I mean, of course, circumstances in the future is what it holds. But I love it and I can't get enough of it. Speaking of music, I know that uh, there are a ton of Beatles junkies across <laughs> BYU Sports Nation. And you are one of those. I am. Is that like your pregame warm-up music? How do you get ready for softball? Is it, is it the Beatles? Um, sometimes. It kind of depends on the day. I don't really need something super hype to pump me up. I just need my music. You know, I'm a pretty chill person, so they get the job done. Let's talk about your Twitter profile. It says, didn't choose the Sug Life. The Sug Life chose me. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I, I love your sense of humor. That's fantastic. Um, and, then, and then it's nice that you're not, you're not just funny. You actually play well, too. Uh, 14 homers, 6 nationally, and 100 at-bats. 14 of your 33 hits are home runs. 14 of your 33 hits you are got, home runs. Do you ever not hit for the fences? Um, you know, if I try to, I usually hit a dinky ground ball. So, you know, I just get up there and try to give it my best at bat and get a base hit is my goal. <laughs> Shout out to one of our followers at Seth Killingbeck, who is from Tennessee. He said, excited <laughs> to see Libby underscore Sug on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Hashtag home run derby. Hashtag bombs away. <laughs> Are you, do you know Seth? I do. He's in my ward back home. He's a really nice guy. Their family's awesome. Well, there you go, Seth. <laughs> we Seth delivered. The show, so there you go. <laughs> we have delivered. You take on Southern Utah today, a doubleheader. What's the dynamic in this sport of having to play, you know, I mean, two games back-to-back on several occasions? How do you handle the stress and just the physicality of that, of having to play so many innings? Well, you can't really think about it too much. I like to think of it play-by-play, inning-by-inning, at-bat-by-at-bat, you know, because if you think, like, I'm going to play the next game, like, then it just, you know, you need tunnel vision in softball, I guess, is how you can put it. When Spencer uh, calls a home run for you, do you want him to say anything specific? No, I guess not. <laughs> Can like, I just quote your Twitter profile? Yeah, that would be awesome. Like the sug she life. didn't choose the sug life. <laughs> the, sug. the sug life chose her. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, go yes, for it. That's fantastic. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, BYU, I mean, you've loaded up the schedule. You've played a ton of elite competition mm-hmm. this year, most recently at Texas. You won on Friday, got shout out on Saturday in a couple of games. Why is, it a, why is it a good thing to play so many difficult teams early in the season and the majority on the road? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great that we're playing so many good teams. Like I expected coming in here that that would happen. Coach Egan told us the things that were going to happen um, in the future, and he mentioned the schedule, and that got me excited because the better teams you play, the might not get the best outcomes. Like We might lose, but at least we're seeing good competition. And once we get past our conference, that's the kind of things we're going to see. And, of course, we want to win conference first and then go to regionals. But in regionals, it's going to be our tougher teams. And I think our season, our preseason has definitely prepared us for that. Always extremely tough. Um, not tough. At first base, uh, what's your candy of choice from Kristen Delahousa? I'm a Jolly Ranchers person. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm always, yeah. I'd be afraid, like, in trying to take second around the base, like, I would choke or something. Yeah, I usually but, just put it in my pocket because oh, I know okay. that probably would happen knowing me. So yeah. Yeah. Eat it later okay, when you're smart. catching, right, behind the plate. Yeah, yeah exactly. You don't have Do to we do have it. to consume candy? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want Chris her out there more than she has to be, you know, <laughs> getting me on the gurney and wheeling me away. <laughs> BYU 20-14 and 14 hosting Southern Utah. You lead the team in RBIs with 37. That's 16 more than the next closest person. Jerem said earlier in the morning, can she share a little bit? <laughs> what is it that's, that's given you such great success in your first year at BYU, especially with runners in scoring position? Well, I didn't even know that, one, first of all, so I guess that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> hey, the Sug Life, man! <laughs> <Sug> life. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, all the hard work and the coaching that's happened, it all took account into this. And not just at BYU, which I'm so thankful for my coaches here, but before with my travel ball coaches and my high school coaches, they've just given me encouragement and support. And I think that's definitely a contribute. Have you heard of the BYU Sports Nation Karma before? No. Okay, you come on the show, you're going to play a little better than you would have. It, it's, it's happened like 240,000 times. It's amazing. So today you're probably going to hit a home run. That's I better all knock on wood. Yeah, that's what I'm, and this is wood. So there you yes. go. Yeah. Yeah. So congrats. You got the karma. Thank you. We'd also like you to sign our stretch wide flag oh, just cool. over your right shoulder. Libby Sugg of BYU Softball. Good luck against Southern Utah Thank today. Great so to have much. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Check out the Franklin. Sub Live, people. Franklin, Tennessee, baby. Up next, BYU and USC on the basketball court as part of the Cougar Whip Around. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. Fairmore has a song called Frank. Good song. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Whip it now. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around men's basketball. I should have said please, my bad. ESPN's Jeff Goodman reports BYU will play USC at Staples Center on December 3rd of this year. Baseball. Baseball lost 11-5 to Arizona. Brennan Anderson, however, made a diving catch that was number six on SportsCenter's Top 10. He tweeted out last night, hey, something good did happen today. <laughs> the Cougars <laughs> climbed to number 22 in the Riders' Poll, number 19 in the Coach's Poll. Colton Shaver, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Softball. Los Cougars play a doubleheader against Southern Utah tonight, 7 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Red. Volleyball. BYU Volleyball, the new number one team in the country in the latest AVCA coaches poll. Jake Langlois is the MPSF Player of the Week. Shimmer! Fredette and the Westchester Knicks host Game 1 of the Eastern Conference D-League semifinals against the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Tonight, 7 Eastern on ESPNU. Playoffs! Football! Countdown to the Wildcats! 151! <laughs> Jerem's all in. I thought you said during the break we were doing that. We were. <laughs> we were, but I, just, I sang in a different key than you did. <laughs> 151. <laughs> you went super low, man. You 151. <laughs> Who sings low? That's, that's, what are you that in was a what month? we discussed. What are you, this is in the karma music. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Tim Lacombe and Kyle the Davis, right now? BYU basketball season in is. review will be happening tomorrow. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter <laughs> Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Let's give it to Brennan Anderson. Yeah, number six, Sports Center top ten for a snag. That was awesome. It was fantastic. What evokes the greater emotion, the thrill of a BYU victory or the agony of BYU defeat? Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Melocopter. I can honestly say that great BYU victories are one of the few occurrences in life that make this grown man emotional. Yeah, everyone needs emotion. Thanks to all of our guests today, including the Sug Life, Libby Sug. <laughs> Show on demand. Download the podcast for Jeremiah Spencer.